Welcome back to the Disaster Tough Podcast. This is your host, John Scardina. I am so excited for this week. Last week, if you saw our posts on social media, we were celebrating EMS week, working with partners in the field. I'm actually wearing a hat from Disaster Medical Solutions. They put on the MedSpec course for urban search and rescue for those, uh, you know, those teams from FEMA that go out and help out the field. It's really, really cool stuff of what they do. They came to my city, St. Louis. We're doing some good stuff there. But last week, it was really amazing to see that integration. And I had the special opportunity to present in front of the USAR members and explain to them what emergency management does. And so this week, I want to capitalize on some of that that goodwill that we did in the community and, and talk to a true expert, Jake Shores, who's going to come onto our podcast. He's going to talk about all these really cool things about how emergency medicine and emergency management can kind of cohesively work together, especially in big events. So, uh, Jake, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for having me on the show, John. Happy to be here. Uh, I see that you have palm streams there in, uh, or palm trees there in uh, Portland, and uh, you're living the dream. We do. I am living the dream here at the Shores Oasis. The Shores <laughs> Oasis. I love it. <laughs> so... First of all, for the sake of our audience, I understand that you work in AMR out there in Portland and you are like, you know, no big deal, a big deal. Um, but for the sake of the audience, right, can you explain a little bit more about who you are and your perspective of EM and EMS? Yeah, so I have been with AMR for 13 years and uh, going on 14 years and I went back to school during that time as well and got my degree in emergency management and really fell in love with both sides, right? And how EMS and emergency management can better integrate. And throughout the Portland region over the last several years now, I've been integrating us more and more into tabletop exercises, full-scale exercises. Um, I'm now becoming the, per the go-to person for AMR in the region, uh, in the Portland market. Uh, serving close to 2 million people if you look at the suburbs as well. And it's so important because every emergency at some point, you will have to think about transportation, transportation of maybe injured people or transportation of the non-injured um, and sometimes in between. So. Yeah. So in terms of like that, that uh, perspective there, like that uh, cohesion that we're talking about where it's like, the incident gets so big. And I understand that you've also worked with wildfires and, and you've also like gone out to like larger events and tried to uh, coordinate that kind of stuff. How does emergency management principle work well in an EMS? And why do you think like tacticians, especially like EMS or maybe fire push back on integrating with emergency management? How can we, how can we just address the obvious and so that we can overcome <laughs> it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of fire, um, this is uh we're still in May and we've already had two fire deployment, wildfire deployments here in May, which is scary to us. We've never deployed in May before. And we do the medical standbys for the uh, forest fires. Mm -hmm. um, I think the best thing to do really, honestly, the best way that I've found um, is actually through coffee and food. Mm. Yep. Yep. Uh, just down and dirty. Nothing brings people together. Like, um, a fruit platter, a donut platter, uh, some coffee, some orange juice uh, in the morning, afternoon, you know, uh, any other beverage you can think of. But it, it really is just kind of that icebreaker. And it, it lets them know that you care about them enough 
to go out of your way to bring that to them, to get that item, uh, just shows that you've been out of your way and that you care about them. There is a, um, uh, a place in Sacramento, California, and they're like really well known for their bread. And it's really hard to get it because they sell out so fast. I have a friend who's a business owner who pays a lot of money to make sure that he gets fresh rolls these fresh bread and then hands it out to potential clients and that he he has shared with me several times that that is his number one secret of uh getting people to like him one they all want it and it's really good but he's like food is the way to people's heart the problem is guys like me who are like you know 200 and whatever pounds i'm like dying inside because i want to eat all the donuts so you know (laughs) i'll make sure i bring some healthy food so i don't need to call emr or uh, amr that's right yeah um i you know i going with that so one of my first deployments i was on with fema deployment in a hurricane uh, hurricane michael um when you can acquire something and you ask people for favors or i need something um, i learned to start carrying chocolate bars really nice uh chocolates and i would uh you know, thank them for their time with that. And that went so far that, you know, we just became, if you need something, I can go get it. Cause it's like a commodity. It's like maybe, maybe prison rules. Like I can get that for you. It's going to cost you a chocolate bar. You know? <laughs> You're like the Ted Lasso. I just realized of EMS because I don't know if you've seen the show, but he, in order to win his boss over who doesn't like him, he brings her a homemade like little biscuit every morning. You're the guy with the chocolate bars. Oh my gosh. Also, I need to get deployed with you so I can get some of that chocolate. That's awesome. That's right. But... Real quick, we're going to pause for this week's disaster tough endorsements. The L3 Harris Extreme 400P radio solves problems and is specifically designed for emergency services. How do we know? We field tested it with medical, urban search and rescue, and collapse and confined structures. This radio is amazingly tough. Check out the L3 Harris Extreme 400P radio at L3Harris.com right now. How do you spell Doberman Emergency Management? EOP, OEP, HVA, HMP, Thyra, TTX, Drone, PDA. Whenever you need an expert, Doberman Emergency Management field experts are there for support. Contact an expert at DobermanEMG.com today. The Readiness Lab is trailblazing disaster readiness. Early access for the highly anticipated course, Emergency Management Response for Dynamic Populations is currently live. Think you have what it takes? Join us for an immersive experience. Space is limited to 40. Go to thereadinesslab.com forward slash training to learn more. Okay, let's jump back in. Let's, uh, Let's switch gears here a little bit from like the job, right? EMS and EM. We put the EM and EMS. Uh, do we though? Okay, so we talked about emergency management and emergency medical, right? Where where are our gaps identified in terms of a quality control perspective? How can emergency managers better help you um, dealing whether catastrophic event or otherwise? How do we better integrate with you guys? Yeah, I think it's um, we need to start. Uh... You know, I've taken and gone out with uh, one of our emergency managers in the Portland area and went and got coffee just to see what she's working on. And it's, I think we just need to sit down at the table more in a casual environment 
the, we need to seek each other out. It's, it's, it's EMS needs to seek emergency management out and the emergency management seeks the EMS out. So it works both ways, mm. uh, but somebody has to stand up and make the first move. And what you'll realize is um, I was sitting down with our emergency manager for coffee and uh, you know, I realized that she's doing this whole big event planning for uh, Portland Rose Festival that's occurring this week. Um, and we have a fleet week. Their fleet comes in from uh, the Navy ships. And I mean, two parade, uh, a day parade, a night parade. It's crazy busy time for them. And it was something mm-hmm. that she'd never thought about bringing EMS into like, oh, if a big event happens, it's like just in the background, they're like, okay, fire's there, AMR's there, mm. EMS is there if I need them. If something happens, I, they'll just take care of it. Well, yeah, but we need to be aware. We need to plan together. We need to, you know, come to together mm. again before these events, right? Exchanging those business cards before the event. So um, we just had our EMS week. Um, I was inviting people from the community that we work with, some of our stakeholders, over to our barbecues, right? So we were having barbecues for A side, B side, you know, that kind of a thing. And um, it's inviting them. It's remembering to say, oh, hey, we're having this event this week. Why don't you just stop by, meet the crews, say hi. Um, and if they would reciprocate and do the same, I think there's something to be said for that relationship building. Absolutely. I mean, anytime that you can get people together to actually spend time it's the same thing i tell people who are looking to get into youth uh you know youth programs i taught boy scouts for a while helped out with my church youth group and i would say to the other uh leaders who sometimes struggled connecting with the youth i said there's never a substitute for time you have to spend time with these kids it's the same thing with building relationships as an adult or trying to network with people you, people wonder like why Doberman is so successful. It's because we're willing to get out there and talk with people and get to know them. And instead of just like being like that money hungry, like perspective, there's a pretty funny um, video we're going to be setting out about like the day in the life of a contractor, which should be good times. But like essentially <laughs> it's, let me genuinely get to know you and uh, let you see how I operate. And I, I bet you'll be impressed. And right. without saying that, right? Like, let's just, let's just do this together and not having to be that A-type personality. Let's talk about dynamic populations for a second because you were a student of dynamic populations last year. I obviously hype it up quite a bit. Founder of the Readiness Lab. We set out to do these really epic trainings. Emergency managers were kind of surprised when we said, hey, this is an emergency management course. We're going to talk about emergency medical, for example, medical transport and triage, mass care, security evacuations, public relations, CBRN. And while those have touch points, emergency managers, when they think about emergency management training, they think the death by PowerPoint, go to EMI for a week and come back and maybe learn how to do a better form. And so we obviously had a different approach. You, Jake, as a former student of the course, somebody who I believe was invested, I mean, you're obviously back on here with me. What is your perspective as somebody who is has a degree in EM, but is a paramedic. Does that kind of thing have value for you? Did it make sense? Did it not make sense? I'm just hyper curious about your thoughts um, on it. It was an incredible training experience. It, um, I call it an experience because it's neither a training or a seminar or conference. It's 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 an experience like no other, and 
it is incredible. And I didn't realize how much I needed PIO, although I'm not often in front of a camera and being asked questions, um, it makes you hyper acutely aware of what's going on around you. Recently, over the last six months, EMS has been in the news across the nation with staffing shortages, and we're no different. We've had um, our own issues with the public relations calling our company asking us about response times, about you know paramedic staffing shortages. I'm able to now know what they're looking for and my role as quality improvement, I can pull data to support them, to show them where we're at and be able to make a better informed decision to the public. Um, mass care, I was just recently at a tabletop exercise for the region. It was a radiological uh, event and as a multicultural center. And they, first of all, didn't think about transport until later. And they just assumed that we would start taking patients, not thinking about how we would be contaminated, the unit would be contaminated. Mm -hmm. And it can't just go run regular 911 calls now for the person having a cardiac event, a breathing problem, just your everyday 911 calls you know, it just wasn't thought of. Um, wow. How are the hospitals going to be notified when you have mass uh, mass critical events of people and patients? And we've got over a dozen hospitals in the area, but who gets what patient? Who's going to set up decon? Who's, you know, that notification piece? Uh, all of that was helped by going to DIPOP. And the last thing, uh, nobody until I said it was concerned about mass care. So they talked about deconning all these mm. people and I did the math and it's going to be, you know, six to 12 hours before they get everybody deconned. And I'm like, okay, so what are we doing for these people? They're going to need bathroom. They're going to need food. They're going to need water they're, while they're waiting to be deconned and, and it blew everyone away. So it's that way of thinking was just transformed for me. And going through that die pop that last day, the, the final day of the exercise and experience, I have never been in, in a simulated simulation like that where it is so real like in real life. After having been deployed on real events myself, I have never had a simulated experience like it that made it so real. I mean, you're sweating, your pressure is on, you're moving, you're thinking, you're like, and time is just flying by. And next thing you know, it's the end of the day. And you're like, wait, I'm just getting started. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's just incredible experience. I can't say enough um, because there's nothing to compare it to. Um, it's like the Disneyland of uh, training and experiences. Well, I, I appreciate that you call it experience. I mean, that's what really what we set it out to be. When people ask me, how long is it for the three days? They expect it, you know, to be nine to five. I say we start at eight, we end at eleven, and they're like eleven a.m. I'm like no, like twenty three hundred. We go two days all day. We wear you out. We have a good time. It's all by design. Every single thing we do there is by design, and then we put you through the exercise after you've already had. Like we try. Funny enough, we we're talking about like coordination, collaboration a little bit of like how to like build that camaraderie up. That's how you do it. You can do it within two days if you could spend time with people, make them eat together, make them hang out together, make them do something fun together, make them do the work together, let them kind of work through all the nuances, and then you get them really, really tired, and that's when you say, okay, 
go. And it's like, that's not even the, nope. that's not even the, it's not even the finish line. It's the starting line. And you, you, you just realize that like, it's kind of how in um, sports, how you do like conditioning week and then you go. And that's the idea of it. And honestly, I can't say enough. And thank you so much for that. We can't say enough for the instructors that come out. People don't realize that they don't work for me. They don't work for the readiness lab. We asked the head of Walmart security to teach security. We've asked recently the head of uh, the NFL's security, the VP of security, Kathy Lanier, to teach security. We have a former head of FEMA. We have the head of the British Army Seaburn Division teaching this stuff. And so when you're talking about the caliber of instructors, they've already won because they, they get access to these people who are, quote unquote, the real deal. And that's not even the yep. training piece. And then you just shared this awesome story about how you actually were able to use the training. So you combine all these things and honestly, it's, it, it's like hard to lose. Like it, I, I like that concept where it's, you put so many pieces together that even if something real world happened, you have all the other pieces. And I really wish all other training was like that. I wish it was an experience for people, but too many times I'm like, this would never happen. Or if it would happen, it wouldn't happen like this because you've never been in it. So you don't even know what would, it would be like. So we, right. we try to take a lot of that stuff out, but um, you know, thanks again for, you know, coming and obviously being a, being a fan of that and, you know, hopefully we can keep pushing. So. Absolutely. You know, I, I tell everybody in my circle and you need, you need to go experience this. Um, and, and you might not think you need one of those things. You may be thinking, well, I'll, I'll never be in front of the camera, but no, you might support the person that does. Um, you might not be thinking about security until you don't know what you don't know. And until you go to one of these and find out, Oh my gosh, I really need them. They're really important. <laughs> You, you yeah. know, so there's all these, so all these players. Yeah. Sorry. I don't want to cut you off, but like all these players who are already involved, half of it is like people just realizing like, Oh, this is already a thing that wasn't in my in particular silo. I didn't know I should have been doing that. It's all about like, if you can get as many people who have a piece of that pie in there at the same time, the faster you can have a, have the whole thing together and run, mm. you know, or, you know, eat away, whatever. But, yeah. um, you know, Jake, thanks again so much for coming on the show. Obviously, you know, last week, thank you, EMS week. You know, that's it's kind of a way to tip that off uh, or at least close that off. In terms of your advice to the field of emergency managers, we have a ton of people who are getting into the field, whether they're retiring out of one field, i.e., you know, uh, fire, police, EMS, or the military, or they're just getting their degrees in emergency management. How have you found success? How can they be success in their own careers? I think um, it's, it's an incredible time to be coming into the field. It's, it's one of those times where we're understanding and realizing how much emergency management is needed. Um, the climate change that we're experiencing across the U.S. Um, we've had heat here hitting the 116s in Portland, which was unheard of, to... Um, just two weeks ago in a four hour period, we experienced an inch and a half uh, rainfall, you know, overwhelming storm drains and, you know, localized flash flooding um, to increase tornadoes, hurricane strength. Um, it, it, just so much is happening around us. Um, so I think it's an exciting time to be in emergency management, but don't 
be so focused and, and lose sight of all the hazards, right? And you can no longer say this doesn't happen in my region. You really have to think big, be imaginative, like you're watching a Disney movie and really think outside and think, could this happen here? What if it does? Um, and always asking yourself that what if question will make you better prepared. And then that gap, right? So making that gap to uh, EMS, which is both fire, I'll say all first responders, you know, police, fire, medical, um, whether you are medical, uh, ambulance transport is private company, fire base, hospital base, whatever that person is, all three need to be at your table. Maybe even together. That's what I would recommend. Yeah. I mean, again, don't wait for the emergency to happen, but uh, having those contacts early on uh, is going to really help you bridge that gap. Because every emergency, you think about all those that I just mentioned, one or all three will be involved in those incidences. And if you're not at the table with them, you're already behind. Yeah, game over. Um... Hey, once uh, once again, uh, Jake, thank you so much for coming on the show and for providing advice and some background and talking about how you have done such a great job. I mean, you're basically a legend there now in Portland of like just pulling in all these different pieces. And I'm so glad that I got to met, meet you at our last type hop in Atlanta and uh, obviously, um, you know, integrating with you here in the future. For those who are in emergency medical and are looking to get into EM, emergency management, send us something out on social media saying like, hey, I'm, I'm looking for some advice here. Um, Jake monitors some of that social media, I'm sure. And we can tag him, make sure that he yeah. uh, provides some feedback. Send us an email at contact at the readinesslab.com. We can reach out to you that way. You can tag me and I can pass it on. Or if you have made that tr transition, and you were like, oh my gosh, I wish I knew this back then. Tell us. This is the whole point of creating a community. And most important, not most importantly, but equally important, after you smash that uh, subscribe button, go over to the readinesslab.com, find dynamic populations, come to St. Louis, see us in uh, the end of August, and um, you know, start integrating with some really phenomenal people and uh, take off. So we'll go from there. Thanks again for listening, and uh, we're out. Peace.